talking about discipline versus motivation today. Mm-hmm. It's a common topic. We mm-hmm. talk about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely applicable to almost everything we do in life, including the fact that it's a beautiful 90 degree day and we're doing our podcast because it's podcast day. It's a day after podcast day. True. True. We're but we didn't get it done, so we have the discipline to be doing it now instead. Mm-hmm. I think you hear about this topic a lot in the nutrition and exercise and, and jiu-jitsu and, and this whole community because... Um, People yeah. realize that's the way to go. Yeah. Well, you need both. It's kind of the basis to, to getting anything done and, and to being successful. Um, and even though you know you need discipline and motivation, it's easy to lose sight of having it. I think some people might argue even that both are good to have, but you need discipline. You don't necessarily need motivation. Yeah, if you had to pick one, I guess discipline trumps, but... Yeah. And especially where we're coming from, um, the fitness and mental health and nutrition and well-being community particularly when it comes to sort of the circles we find ourselves in, military, public service, people who have that kind of background, it's something that they need to have, they had at one point, and may have either lost, or I think what you tend to see is either people lose it, or they they really just make it their sort of mantra and run with it. You know, for example, like there are people who get out of the military or get out of public service of whatever kind and lose that discipline and therefore they kind of fall apart and they either rely on other things or they reestablish a discipline. And there are people who, you know, you see these days, like some of the most popular, I hate to use the word influencers, but influencers and fitness influencers and well-being influencers and people who sort of preach mindset and well-being are like Navy SEALs, Rangers, things like that. So those types of people tend to take the discipline and run with it. Some of them seem like they're motivated people. Some of them seem like they're not. They just rely on discipline. So I think the common denominator is probably being disciplined. And that doesn't always mean forcing yourself to do something. Sometimes that means just setting yourself up so that it's automatic. Yeah, that's a huge piece of it. That's, I think, what continues to drive me to have both some discipline and some motivation because it just makes life easy. It takes a thought process out of things. It takes a thought process of when, out of when I'm going to exercise, when I'm going to eat, what I'm going to eat, when I'm going to do work, when I'm going to relax. It it's just ends up being more second nature. Which is, which can be difficult because there are people who have neither. There are people who have neither the discipline to set their lives up for success, to set themselves up for the life they want, nor do they have the motivation to change. I think probably, like I said, discipline is more important and it's, depending on your mindset, it might be easier to establish, but at least having the discipline, I think probably is a better inroad to success because you can, you know, as you become disciplined and as you move forward with your life and as you start to accomplish things, you probably get motivation from that. 
So it's sort of a self-perpetuating concept. You know, I'd say they're both difficult to establish. I mean, if you're just not a motivated person, it's going to be difficult for you to stay motivated in any situation. There are people who are just not that persona. They don't have that that social skill. They may seem motivated. Or want to be motivated. Or want to be motivated. I suffer from that. I'm just not an outward person. I'm not a motivated person. I don't, you know, get super enthused about things sometimes. Um, so a lot of what I rely on is is objective knowledge. And that's actually, I think that that might be a good way to sort of characterize them too, is you have these two paths to doing what needs to be done and doing what you should do and setting yourself up for success and one of them is objective and one of them is subjective motivation is subjective it's it's personal it's internal until you externalize it and it is more an emotion discipline is objective it's data you know something needs to be done therefore you do it and where i think a lot of people struggle is they feel like it's this insurmountable personality trait or this insurmountable you know, characteristic that they need to develop when it isn't necessarily the case. Setting your life up for success is is a lot easier, I think. Yeah. How was it going back to the public service and, and military aspect? You, when you got out of the military, you went through a lot of different transition as, transitions as far as what you were doing in life. What, what was that like trying to bring over the discipline and motivation into those aspects because I do feel like it can kind of come and go. Well, and that's what they say about motivation is that it comes and goes, which is funny because they actually preach both in the military. They want you to be disciplined. In fact, they force you to be disciplined, which is why I think it does breed success because you are taught that there are certain things that need to be done and you just get them done. You wake up early, you do the right thing, you, you eat right, you have to work out because you're forced to, you have to do this, you have to do these small menial tasks. It's difficult because it's not many people get a big picker, bigger picture outlook from the military, but, but then they also preach motivation. And, and one of the, you know, I'm sure people who have been in the military will understand the, the phrase, even false motivation is motivation. And I don't know how many times I've heard that from the mouth of a, a drill sergeant or a superior trying to trying to get people motivated, they would say false motivation even is, is motivation. So taking that out of the military and transitioning into what I did after the military, I think it probably it was it made it easier to do certain things. Like for example, when I went back to school, I was a good six, seven years older than most people in in my classes because I went back as you know somebody in their late 20s and I had to go back to undergrad to get to, to grad school and whatnot so without really even thinking about it I just found it easier to sit down do the tasks I was supposed to do and then I could go do whatever I wanted you know the knowledge that something needs to be done and you have no choice but to sit down and do it goes a long way um, Feeling motivated is, is like we said, it's something that fluctuates. So I really, I used it very little. I think I relied more on the discipline, but it's sort of something that you don't, 
even feel or notice it's just it's the way you become Mm. so going back to school going to work in public service on an ambulance that was a little bit different I think because that's probably less hierarchical and less structured than say police or fire but uh, it does exist and then getting into you know grad school you just know that there's this big thing that you need to accomplish and you're going to do it. It's sort of the same with, with being able to run or do an obstacle course or a climb or a hike or something that's physically difficult. Take somebody who's been in the military and even if they don't train every day, give them something to do physically and they have this mindset that your brain is a lot. Your brain is the weaker of those two. Your brain will give up much sooner than your body will. Your body can outlast your brain. You just need to break your mind of that thought and keep pushing because your body will handle it while your brain wants to give up. Yeah, a couple things. I, Because I, I think about this all the time. It can be applied in some of the things I went through in college as well, but watching you through grad school I mean for a while you were still getting up at five o'clock to get the exercise in before class and would sit down and study and then there was kind of a period of time where it was like well you know what I was forced to wake up between three and five o'clock for a lot of years so I'm not going to do that anymore I'm going to wake up when I want to wake up so I, I can see there probably being a being easy to um, rebel against that intense discipline for a while but then you wouldn't wake up at five o'clock and if I said okay it's five we're gonna go on a seven mile run and you hadn't run in four months you would still bang out the seven mile run because like you said you knew how to get through a a physically and really mentally tough task Mm -hmm. because it's was kind of ingrained in your brain for the months that you were there and it's definitely different too you, you know looking at you or some of the other older people in our class who had gone through either public service or or other walks of life before they got to grad school really excelled probably a lot faster compared to 21, 22 year old kids where now all of a sudden they have all this freedom and can make their own decisions without being forced into having discipline or motivation. So maybe less likely to be a little successful in some situations. Yeah. I had this professor in undergrad when when I went back the second time, this is after the military, after, you know, my deployments. Um, he said something to the effect of he always liked having veteran students because veteran students because veterans know how much it can suck and what that mindset brings is that pretty much anything up to and including the suckiest situation you've ever been in doesn't really all suck all that much and you can get through it fairly easily that I'd say that's more of a I guess a mindset than, than discipline, which I think is, is more of a skill. And, you know, we've, we've both read Atomic Habits and, you know, there, there are any number of books regarding discipline out there. But I think the most successful people and the people who tend to do, to get into good shape and to get into good nutrition habits and to do well personally and financially, they don't necessarily get up every day and force themselves because they know objectively that they need to be disciplined and there are certain things that need to get done they set things up ahead of time so that that's the easiest path. Sometimes the laziest people have the most discipline because they are able to set their lives up so that it's automated. They put their 
work our clothes out. They pre they pre plan everything. They pre establish all their routines and their environments so that the easiest flow for their day is to go through what they need to do. And that's a far better way of, of becoming disciplined is to make discipline easy, to make it a habit. Yeah, that's definitely how I get through it. I mean, I, I was forced a little bit, and then forced is a strong word, but being a college athlete, you, you don't have a choice in a lot of things. You know, you, you're going to be at practice at this time, and you're going to do the workouts at this time, and you have to get your schoolwork done to keep your GPA up at this time, and um, there are definitely things that you're, you're forced in from a discipline perspective to do. Um, and obviously you have the motivation of being part of a team and going through it together, and that keeps your spirit and camaraderie up and all that stuff, but... Um, that I think was more easily transitioned into life in grad school in real life because it, it was never a, a life-threatening form of discipline or, or anything like that that you see in public service and military. Um, but it's something I tell my patients all the time too. You know, I, I don't get up at five o'clock and work out every day because I want to. I'm motivated to do it because I know that I'm going to feel better when I do it. But really it's just discipline. It's just what I do, it takes the thought process out of it. I don't have to think about when I'm going to work out, when I'm going to get up, am I going to have time to fit it in today? Can I fit this in to the rest of my schedule or not? It's really just, that's what I do. It feels more like a habit at that point. Maybe discipline is what turns things into habits, but it's probably that's how I true. get through it. Yeah, and it's probably true both ways. Discipline can form habits and habits can form discipline. Meaning if you set your day up so that the things you do are just habits, then you'll become disciplined because you 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 put them on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. If, you know, all other things being held equal, if we, you know, if I ran a company and I had the choice between two people who wanted a job, one of them, and they were both equally qualified as far as the job was concerned, but say one of them was in really great shape and the other one was not in great shape, well. You know, you could call that discrimination. You could call it any number of things. I'd rather have the person who's in great shape because at least you know that they have some sense of discipline. Yeah, you've said that about um, about people who do jujitsu or martial arts too. If you had two candidates for a job, and one of them was a some sort of colored belt in jujitsu. I mean, you said black belt, but I think it applies to anything after white belt. Versus someone who wasn't, you'd pick the person who had a belt in, in martial arts because you know the amount of discipline and motivation it takes to get there. Yeah. It takes it takes commitment, it takes putting together small habits and small steps to build toward a greater long term success. Yeah. I think you can rely on, on discipline once it's formed and it's part of your brain, not on motivation. I loved atomic habits. I read that not that long ago. Um, I yeah, it's it's something I like to keep going back to that and and podcasts about similar topics because um, I find that if my if I'm losing motivation to do things and I'm really just running on discipline, it's it gets a little more exhausting sometimes because you forget why you're you're doing it. You're going through the motions because you're disciplined to, or um, but the motivation as to why you're doing it kind of falls through the cracks. And that's when I read some of these books, these self-help books and things like Atomic Habits, and then all of a sudden my motivation goes through the roof. I listen to some mm. some Jocko or David Goggins podcasts and ebooks and stuff, and 
all of a sudden I'm pumped and I'm amped and I'm ready to go and I have fantastic workouts for a couple of weeks and then work gets stressful and I get tired and then I have to rely on the discipline. So knowing how to tap into both the motivation and the discipline so you can use one when the other is waning mm. tends yeah. to be helpful. Yeah, and I think, I think maybe the difference to or another difference is Discipline will allow you to do something and do it consistently. Motivation is better equipped to let you do something well. So if you like doing something, or even if you, I mean, motivation generally comes with liking to do something. But if you have that motivation, then you're more likely to exert effort and, and do it well and take something out of it and put something back into it because you're motivated about it. Whereas if you're just relying on discipline that's great and that'll make you consistent that'll make you good at something it'll make you successful but I think without without motivation you know, they say you're never going to be great at something that you don't enjoy doing so that's where I think those two things come together you, know, you need you need to be disciplined enough to to set your mind to something and to take it on and to do it and motivated enough to get the most out of it yeah, that's a palpable difference. If I'm opening the door to our home gym or, or going to jujitsu to get some rolls in and I'm doing it just because I know that's what I'm doing now, that's it's time to do that, then I'll get something out of it. It's certainly better than not doing anything. But if I'm going motivated and ready to go and excited about it, I can feel mm. how much better the workout is, how much more I learn on the mats. Um things like that. I think it's applicable to my job too. Cause there are some days where I'm showing up to work and that, and that's not necessarily really discipline. I show up to work just because I know I'm supposed to show up to work. Some days I'm there just going through the motions, which isn't very good when it's talking, when you're talking about patient care, but the days where I'm happy to be there and excited and ready to talk to people and work with people, I think I probably make better decisions medically. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of okay with those fluctuations that I have in discipline and motivation because I think it helps you refocus. If I go through a couple a week or a couple of days without feeling as motivated, you can kind of feel the difference and you know you'll get back to it and then it kind of helps you refocus again after the fact. Which in, in going back to the differences, like I said, you, you can use one to be consistent and do something regularly and you can do use discipline to get ahead because not many people are are good at building the right habits but without without the motivation there are going to be things if you like if you really want to be great at something discipline is only going to get you so far you need motivation too but if you if you want to be consistent at something and good at something and get results from it still you can get by with just discipline, which is why I think people who are successful and they're good at putting in hard work, they tend to rely more on discipline. You know, but there are people who are extraordinary at certain things. They also tend to get motivated about it because otherwise I don't think they would get ahead. I think sometimes the motivation can come too and... and feeling yourself lose a little bit of the discipline like if there's a morning that I sleep in I and I don't exercise I 
I don't feel as good during the day. So it's almost negative motivation. Knowing that I'm going to regret not doing something also works as motivation towards continuing to do it. So you don't always have to be motivated by the positive outcomes, I don't think. No, you can be incentivized and disincentivized to do something, which is how operant conditioning works in humans anyway. Yeah, that's true. We build habits based on not just discipline and motivation, but or not just discipline, but also motivation. You can use motivation to build habits because if you're disincentivized from doing something, you won't do it. If you're incentivized to do it, you will do it, which is where probably people fall apart when it comes to fitness and nutrition goals. So I think if, if there are people who are just looking to start getting in shape, right, they have, say they have no or very little, you know, nutrition background or fitness background or whatnot, then their best bet is discipline. Mm. If you can tell yourself or if you can set your day up so that working out is automatic, then you're far more likely to stick with it than if you're trying to get motivated about it every single day. Because it's just not something you're conditioned to like until it becomes force of habit, until you're disciplined, then it's not likely to stick. Yeah, I think there's kind of an order to it. If you're a novice at a lot of this stuff, it starts off as kind of forcing yourself to do it. Um, And then you start to maybe notice some of the benefits and that motivates you to keep going. And then you start to notice. And then then it's just a habit and it's part of your life. And then you start to feel the negative consequences if you don't complete whatever task. One of my biggest pet peeves I think when talking to patients about exercise I because because it's a passion of mine I probably talk about nutrition and exercise more so than most medical providers do I, I really spend a lot of time on it um on the end of the conversation always ends with the the patient saying okay I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to walk every day or I've been trying to walk every day and I hate that saying <laughs> I always look at them and say stop trying you're not gonna try you're just gonna do it Yoda. yeah what was what's the Yoda quote do or do not there is no try there is no try that's right because if you sit there saying that you're going to try to do it then if you wake up one morning and you don't well i tried and i'll try again tomorrow Hmm. no just wake up put your shoes on start doing whatever you're going to do before you even have time to decide that you don't feel like doing it and then all of a sudden you're in motion and you're you're doing whatever that goal is if your goal is to wake up and go for a run every morning put your shoes on, get out the door, a mile into it, then you'll realize what's going on. But if you lay there in bed saying, I should try to get up and exercise, it's yeah. 50-50 shot at that point. At most. Yeah, and I have, I have a you know, goal of my own to, to eliminate two, two phrases from my vocabulary. And these are phrases that I also hear a lot seeing patients, but just in general, people trying to do things. One is, one is I'll try, or try. You know, you don't, trying to do something unless you are you know trying to do something in that moment trying to start a habit you, you got to eliminate that phrase and then the other one is I wish I wish I could I wish I could do this I mm-hmm. wish I could be this I wish I had that forget about that try and wish are never going to get you anywhere um, or at least not long term at least not consistently so getting rid of those kind of cold turkey is I think goes a long way mm-hmm. and I, we get you know I, I, I hear that a lot too you know I, I I didn't lose weight because of this or I'm going to try to start working on or I'm going to try to start changing but you can either 
you, those those things only last so long and some people will get away with it for a short period of time but without developing that discipline it's not really going to last and i think actually interestingly where where a lot of people end up developing the discipline is from a source of motivation and what i mean by that is people will find something that makes them motivated to make a change and develop discipline because of that. So for example, if you have somebody who's 35, 40 years old, morbidly obese, unhealthy, diabetic, heart, heart disease, cholesterol, blood pressure issues, whatnot, they, at that point, you, 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 can, you can call anything what you wanna call it socially, you can call it fat shame, you can call it whatever. The fact of the matter is, under that condition, you're not going to live as long. You're at a higher cancer risk, you're at a higher all-cause mortality risk. So getting people to realize that there is a reason to improve their health is, is paramount when it comes to developing the discipline to maintain their health. And for a lot of people, that's, I want to see my kids graduate, I want to see my daughter get married, I want to live and until I'm 80, I want to you know be able to play with my kids again. So finding a powerful motivator, cause for motivation, oftentimes breeds discipline because you find that motivation, and then because of that, you can turn your you can you can create habits that'll help you maintain it. Maybe that's one of the problems with a lot of people coming out of the military if they don't immediately find something else to motivate them whether it's a public service job, a business, something that's going to be their motivation that they can then apply that discipline to. Maybe it's hard to, because when you're in the military, the discipline is exogenous. You're given tasks that you have to do, and you're able to apply both motivation and discipline depending on the situation. But I think a lot of people, when they go from that sort of situation to something that's much less structured, maybe it's harder to find something to apply the discipline to and then kind of all hell can break loose. Yeah, people kind of collapse without structure if they spend so much time having having a goal in front of them, whether you know, even though they were short-term goals, having something to maintain motivation and discipline for, suddenly you take that away and they're left sort of without a compass and you know, without direction and without structure enough to keep them going to do what they need to do. So they turn to things that will create positive feedback, and sometimes, you know, unfortunately, what those things that create positive feedback are drugs, alcohol, um, other bad habits. So, and that I mean, and really, that's probably why you you do see a lot of people who are ex-military trying to start. I say try, but starting businesses and starting, you know, companies and starting big projects and and trying to help others because. It's a compass. It gives them direction. You know, when mm. I get out, I went right back to school, um, undergrad, and then undergrad 2.0, and then grad school. And so I've I've been lucky enough to never really be without a compass. So finding what that what that is 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 your best bet for motivation. And you can put exogenous, like you said, those sources of motivation are exogenous. And you can put that in front of yourself all you want. You can put those carrots on those sticks and, and chase after them. It's going to give you short-term motivation and short-term discipline. But ultimately, the reasons have to be 
endogenous. They have to come from, from your own brain. Otherwise, they're just never going to stick. Yeah, you've got to end up relying. And whether you find the endogenous motivation or, again, you realize that being motivated and disciplined just is, makes life easier and makes you feel better is, I mean, either one works. And I try not to give patients suggestions as to, you know, for what they should use for motivation. I try to avoid it altogether. Don't even mention it. But ask the question, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you, and try to, you may be leading them to, to what that, that idea event is eventually, but they need to get there themselves. People need to get there themselves. Yeah, you know, ultimately it's their their own realization as to why they're doing this to help them find the motivation. Hmm. That's smart. That's good. Yeah, I mean, the same goes not necessarily. I mean, it's sort of in the same vein, but for you know things like quitting smoking or quitting drinking, you need to let people come up with their own why, because, like I said, otherwise people just feel like they're being told what to do, and for a lot of people that doesn't stick. Yeah, I actually, when I'm talking to someone about smoking cessation, my first question is, do you want to quit? And if the answer is no, I stop the conversation right there because I know I can sit there and tell them all the reasons to quit. I mean, you can't turn on any sort of device or leave the house without having information about why you should diet and exercise and not smoke and not doing that causes cancer this and eat the healthy food, whatever. That stuff is, you know it. Hmm. Whether or not you want to do it is an entirely different thing so if someone says yeah i really want to quit smoking i'm just stuck on how then okay let's have a conversation but if i have plenty of people be like yeah you know what no i don't want to quit i'm like all right well let me know if you do moving on (laughs) just a waste of time otherwise but i think finding motivation and discipline for one aspect of life can help you redirect and refocus kind of all aspects of life Mm because once you realize that So start with exercise. Once you realize that um, exercising every day for, what what do they say? It takes three months to make a habit? Three weeks. Three weeks? That's it? 21 days. Oh, that's not that much at all. So 21 days. Tell someone you've got to do this for 21 days. Um, And then it becomes habitual and then you really start to realize how good it feels and you realize, hey, having the, the discipline to do this and taking the thought process out of it is helpful. Maybe I'll try that with diet too. So then you form the discipline to meal prep or only buy the the healthy things at the grocery store and and clean up your diet a little bit and then you realize that takes the effort and thought process out of what you're eating maybe you lose a little bit of weight and then that spirals and then you do better at work and uh, then you start to emotionally any sort of anxiety and depression starts to fall into place and it can really snowball in a good way Hmm. i think where some people make the mistake too is while it's good to have goals you know, you want to put your Everest in front of you, put your put your mountain in front of you, what you want to succeed at and what you want to achieve. Where people fall short is is not reverse engineering them, not breaking them down into chunks. Because if you go tell, if we tell people, go lose 25 pounds, for some people, maybe they just have the mindset that they can go out and lose 25 pounds and then come back and say, okay, now what? Most people don't have that. So breaking it down into smaller chunks is far more likely to have lasting you know, be be successful in the long term you know they say how do you how do you how do you eat an elephant one spoonful at a time mm-hmm. how do you climb a mountain one step at a time it's it's not you can't for most people you can't just go out and say lose 25 pounds because 
they're ultimately going to be overwhelmed with information or they're going to be overwhelmed with what direction to go or they're going to be overwhelmed by just the sheer the sheer difficulty of it and the sheer um, dauntingness of it and instead if you tell people for the next week log your calories don't change anything else just log your calories just to get an idea in your head of how much you're actually eating and be you know you got to tell them to be honest about it and, and take it very you know close to put it under a microscope but s smaller bite-sized chunks of a greater goal are much easier to accomplish you know you, you, you if you want to if you want to write every day if you want to read every day you don't start by saying oh i found this book i'm going to read this book just read one word one sentence one paragraph one page generally they tend to be self-perpetuating so same thing with exercise work out once then work out the next day then work out the next day don't say i'm going to work out every day for the next three months and i'm going to do great it's not going to work that way just break it down into into smaller chunks yeah find the discipline to take the first step and then the motivation will fall in to help with steps 10 11 12 mm -hmm. which is all well and good to get there and then put new things in your in your path and you, you definitely should but find, find, I think, what your goals are. Then back up a step and say, well, what's it going to take me to get to this goal? And then back up a step and say, what's it going to take me to get to this point? And then back up a step and what's it going to take me to get to this point? And if you reverse engineer it all the way back to where you are now, it's going to be much easier to accomplish overall. Yeah. You know, same thing with, you know, try to think of a goal you know, in the near future. Um, for me, actually, perfect example. In the next year, I've never been a flexible person. I've been injury prone because of it. I have tight and sore muscles pretty routinely, so my one of my goals is to work on flexibility. But I can't just say, "Okay, goal, work on flexibility." It doesn't work that way. My goals are very specific. By say this time next year, I want to be able to do a full split and I want to be able to keep my legs straight and put my hands on the ground, flat on the ground. Do you really want to be able to do a full split by next year? Yeah. That'd be impressive. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. But they're specific. They're achievable. So mm. in doing so, breaking those down into smaller chunks is setting myself up for a stretching routine. Stretch five minutes every day, ten minutes every day. Find something that automates it so you can follow along and won't be derailed because there's only one rail to stay on. You know, so my shorter term goals within that goal allow me to build up to what I eventually want to achieve. I think it's important too to surround yourself by people either physically in person or if it has to be electronically, like relying on podcasts and books and, and stuff to feel like you're surrounding yourself by motivated and disciplined people can really make a big difference. Like you're, you're talking about that. And, I, and I'm a much more flexible person than you are right now. I can touch my toes and, and do butterflies. And yeah, it's, it's not hard to be more flexible than you. But now I hear you saying you want to do a split by next year. And I'm like, well, okay, I need to start working on it because I can't have you be able to do a split without me being able to do a split. Yeah. So finding, and you hear that all the time, find your gym partner, find someone who's going to hold you accountable. Um, and I think, especially if you're starting from scratch, especially if you're not an overly motivated person, that can be a big driving factor. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think that's one of the reasons that you and I are able to stay motivated and disciplined is because we're watching the other person do things. Not even that we do every all of this stuff together, but some of it we do. You know, I watch you get so excited about jujitsu, and it's like, all right, yeah, I am excited about this. I am going to go roll, and it is going to be great. Or mm-hmm. I am going to start working on flexibility because I, I can see you being successful with it, and it makes you want that. So I that's important. Iron sharpens iron, yeah. That's what they say. And, it's, and, and it does it does apply to all that. You know, they say, again, to, to bring up a familiar example in jiu-jitsu, there's that, there's that saying that everybody keeps repeating, keep rolling until the belt turns black, which is great. That means be disciplined, show up, come every day or every however, consistently, and just put in the time, and you'll get to where you want to go, which is great. But if you want to be a competitor, if you want to be top of your game, if you want to win a division, if you want to win a tournament – it's going to take more than just consistency and it's going to take more than just discipline. That's where motivation comes in. Motivation to, to expand and to learn and to go the extra mile. That's where the true successors come. Um, yeah, and I think that's a big source of failure too in this. Um, is you know For the exercise example, I want to exercise more. Okay, well, how are you... What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? How are you keeping track of that? What happens if you don't? You know, if, if you can actually make an attainable goal i want to walk five out of seven days this week check the tally marks off and go for it you know i want to be better at jujitsu is one thing i want to go to my next competition and go two for three is different and then if you don't achieve your goal you can like you said reverse engineer step back see what went what went wrong where it went wrong what you need to work on were you not disciplined enough to get up and put the work in were you not motivated enough to make the work worthwhile Mm -hmm. What was the limiting factor? Yeah, and I think, like I said, having having goals, having specific attainable goals makes it so that you have something to focus on. You have something to set yourself up for. So you can't just say, I want to write a book and leave it at that. You have to say, I want, you, know, you break it down to, I'll just write every day, write a little bit every day. Or I want to write one chapter by this time or... Something that'll make it, something that'll make it engineerable. Um, for example, I mean, we started this podcast and we started writing a blog because it's one. We have all this information in our heads, so why, why not try to disseminate it and see if we can help some people? Um, a goal of mine is by, by next year, I think, to have some combination of ten thousand listens or reads, mm. views on on the the podcast or the blog so I break that down what do I need to do to get there I need to create content we need to blog or start a, you know, record an episode consistently we need to you know, have a schedule to publish information we need to have smaller goals and, and smaller steps to achieve that because otherwise we're never going to get there yeah and I think in general um, you know there are obviously extreme cases where um, if you set a, a goal that's just totally unachievable if you're not getting there, then you can step back and say, okay, what do I have to change? Some people have that mindset. Like, you can create the most absurd goal, and you're going to reach it no matter what, no matter what kind of sacrifices you have to make for it. I think the general population is not quite like that, where your goals really need to be achievable and attainable. And if you're setting the same goal and you consistently are failing at it, it's okay to step back and say, all right, well, maybe I need to make a different goal. You know, maybe... Losing 25 pounds is, is not something I need to do. Maybe 
exercising seven days a week is not something I need to do. Maybe I need to step back and make some, you know, if, if this podcast crashes and burns and fine, we can direct your, your verbal diaries and in some other way kind of thing. So being able to adapt to failure is huge. At least accept it. At least accept that there will be failure. If it's something that you really want to do, really truly want to do, there really should be no reason you fail at it. Um, if you, if there's something that it's it's in your brain, it excites you, it gets you up in the morning. This is something that you want to achieve. You shouldn't fail at it because you'll figure out a way. It's like people tend not to succeed until they hit their rock bottom. So they have no choice but to succeed. If you make it so that you have no choice but to do something, this is what you want. You know, that I once heard a motivational speaker, Eric Thomas, say, if, if, when you want success as bad as you want to breathe, mm. then you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Until that point, it's not, if it's not your only choice, if it's not your only option, you're not going to accomplish it for most people. Until you want success as bad as you want to breathe, you're not going to get there. And that's where I think some people fall into a trap is they feel like it's so daunting and so overwhelming that they just collapse and sit down and, and cave and stop doing it because the, the alternative of sitting and doing nothing is far, far easier. It's much, much easier to lay in bed in the morning, which I mean, I'm guilty of, than it is to get up and work out. Much easier. Yeah, if we could rely on motivation, if it was ingrained in our human DNA to do this stuff, then we wouldn't have an, ob- an obesity pandemic. We wouldn't have poverty. We wouldn't have all of these negative things in our lives, but it's not. So you've... Wouldn't need this podcast. Wouldn't need this podcast. Wouldn't need any of it. But knowing where to start, and that's the other thing, the other, the other pitfall I wanted to mention too is people, you should celebrate small successes, meaning if you have 10 steps you need to take to get to your major goal, when you get to step one and you achieve it, celebrate. But don't use that as a reason to to stop exerting the same amount of effort. And the, the example I always hear, always, I worked out, I went for a walk, I so I rewarded myself by eating a bunch of chocolate or, or a piece of cake. Okay, that's, that's not what we mean. Celebrate and, and keep moving forward, though. Don't celebrate and knock yourself back five steps. So knowing how to accept achievement without shooting yourself in the foot, you know, it's the same, same concept when people get a raise. Hey, I'm doing great. I got a raise. And they go out and buy all the stuff. Lifestyle creep gets in the way, and you never save money. So knowing how to rein that in is just as important as knowing how to get started and where you need to fall where you want to finish yeah that's something that we haven't related this to that's probably pretty crucial is how discipline can relate to financial independence Mm -hmm. being disciplined not to spend money being disciplined not to spend money especially not only but especially when you have more of it when you get a raise when you get a bonus when the worst thing you can do is take that and say well this is great I love this cash I'm going to spend it you know whenever we get whenever we get extra money whenever we get raises or whatnot. I, I, the savings is automatic. I take the difference and, and add it to my monthly savings, and I pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Because you're so used to if you're used to living at one level, one sort of of certain means. Yeah, at a, at a certain means. If you if 
you get a little extra money, you don't need to live above there. Just keep living the way you are and, and forget about the rest. Throw that money to savings and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's something you've really helped me with. If I get a, a bonus or a raise or anything, my immediate thought process, and I've never been someone to spend a ton of money, but my immediate thought process is now, okay, what pil- bill can I pay off or which savings account is this going into? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're getting along just fine. That extra money's not needed. Yeah. And having the discipline not to order lunch every day at work because I know that I made food at home with all that meal prepping work because I'm disciplined nutritionally. That's going to help me be disciplined financially because mm-hmm. those $10 salads add up. Yeah. Starbucks isn't cheap. Starbucks is not cheap, especially not with Uber Eats. No. Delivery fee is twice as much. <laughs> so yeah, one thing definitely leads to the next. I mean, we've covered a lot today. I think it's it's worth... Not recapping as it to say, no, but there's nothing more to be said. But um, tying it all in, tying it all together. There, are, there, are, there are avenues for success, and and we've you know we've we've talked about a million examples: financial, fitness related, nutrition related, work related, vague, broad, goal related. The common denominator is that there there tend to be. It tends to be discipline involved and motivation involved. And I don't think you can achieve what you want to achieve without some of both. I think discipline gets you to be consistent at something and to be productive and to be successful over the long term. Motivation, your why, is what gets you out of bed in the morning and that's what makes it so that you need to achieve something that's that sets you up your why and your discipline gives you your how yeah i think it boils down to setting your goal something you either need or want to improve in your life deciding why like you said you want that to happen find your motivating factor and then you just decide to do it and that's where the discipline comes in i decided i'm going to do this so watch me do it and don't let your brain get in the way of you achieving that goal Mm mm-hmm with the understanding that need is far more powerful than want, like, like we said, if uh, when you when you want success as badly as you want to breathe, mm-hmm. uh, shout out again to Eric Thomas, um, then you'll be successful because you need to breathe. You don't want to breathe. You need to. If you are a smoker and you want to quit smoking because you want to see your your daughter get married and you want to live long enough, that's powerful. But it's not quite as powerful as if you hit rock bottom and have a stroke. Mm. then you need to quit smoking. So know when to utilize one and when to utilize the other. Use the discipline to stay on top of it, be consistent, and that'll give you your method to to success. Breaking things down into small chunks, taking it day by day, taking it step by step, is far easier than giving yourself this big esoteric goal in front of you that you have no way to approach or no understanding of how to approach. Yeah, and understand that you're going to have lapses and be mentally prepared for that so your lapse doesn't totally derail you. It helps you refocus in again. Mm-hmm. I think that's about, about yeah. before folks come. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, it could say a lot more, but lot more. I'm beating a dead horse. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Total Warrior Podcast. We, uh, like I said, we recapped discipline and motivation and how they are both keys to and avenues towards success 
Uh, make sure to tune in in the future for future episodes. And check out salutefitness.org. .net. .net. I got to remember that. .net. Salutefitness.net. That is our blog. That is where we will be posting more articles and show notes regarding other mindset and fitness and nutrition and wellness related topics. And that's it. Enjoy the day.